Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing, this is the show for you. Find an extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to get stuck into the return of the big man, AJ. He takes to the ring on Saturday night. Remember, it's live on TalkSport to take on Jermaine Franklin. It's the first appearance for the former heavyweight champion since he lost back-to-back fights with Alexander Usyk. And his first fight as well under new head coach, Derek James. We're going to hear what he had to say about his return. He spoke with Gareth yesterday and said if he loses this weekend, he will retire from the sport. He also opened up on his relationship with his new coach and his previous coach, Robert Garcia. We are going to hear from his promoter, Eddie Hearn, who was labelled to fight the biggest of AJ's career. We're also going to hear what Hearn had to say about Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. potentially meeting in the summer. He's hoping the pair will meet in Abu Dhabi. We are hearing rumours of a July fight, possibly. Plus, we'll look at what could be next for Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk after their fight collapsed last week. And we're going to look back on the weekend's action too. Lawrence Okoli laboring, laboring to a win at the AO Arena to defend his Cruiserweight world title. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. I will go in the ring and fight anyone. If they watch me and think Lawrence is rubbish and I could do this, do that, come and find out. There's no point in talking from outside the ring. I'll put it on the line against anyone. And if they're good enough to beat me, they are. And if not, I'll carry on winning. He's lost two fights on the bounce. He's no longer a world champion. Of course his star has fallen. But he's a man, in my opinion, that is an elite heavyweight. I believe he's top three heavyweight in the world. And sorry if that's such a crime. That wants to come back and try and regain his world heavyweight title. Now I'm just in a place where it's like, you know what? everyone. I'm doing this myself. Like, I ain't going through that no more where I'm putting pressure on on, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Listen, if I just knuckle down and take one day at a time and take one round at a time and I put my mind to it, what will be, will be. His uh, manager, Usyk's uh, manager, sent uh, an email overnight and I think I showed it to you, Gareth, didn't I, mm-hmm, on Thursday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, they was withdrawing from the fight uh, that they, 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 he's had enough. I want to make the Chris Eubank Jr. fight. These guys have been going at it to each over the last couple of weeks. For me as a promoter, I know, I know the build-up will be sensational. He's not, he's not signed to fight Smith, no, no. And the money's two or three times what he gets to fight Liam Smith. 
Mr. A. Davis, how are we, sir? Very well indeed. I hear you've been abroad. It's good to have you back, Addy. I have. I've been in the Dominica Republic. I was there for a week for a wedding. And so much happened in the boxing world whilst I was away. I was like, this is crazy. Only a week away and we had the collapse of the undisputed heavyweight title fight. We had Benavidez putting on a beating on Caleb Plant. We had my good mate, Lawrence Okoli, stinking out the place at the AO Arena. A lot's happened. Um, let's quickly talk about Lawrence Okoli. Obviously, look, under a new promotional banner, now under boxer, new trainer, Sugar Hill Steward. Didn't look great, though, did he, in his first fight? They, you know, they'd sold it, didn't they, Sky? That we, we, we've stolen a Coley from zone. Didn't look great. No, um, you know, styles make fights. And David Light and Lawrence Okoli really didn't gel at all. Uh, Light closed the distance quickly um, to, to defend himself more than anything. He, he's a brave, tough guy, mm -hmm. uh, very resilient. He didn't get a lot of punches away in Lawrence Coley. And Lawrence kind of... He started by a nice sidestep and throwing out his jab, but then within probably six minutes of the fight, it was smash and grab from Lawrence again, which is back to that old style where, you know, when you're sitting ringside, you want someone to elbow you when the fight breaks out. And that was not until round 10 wow. on, on Saturday night. Well, I mean, I mean, it wasn't really, it was a very unedifying spectacle. Lawrence gave himself five out of 10 for it, didn't he? In his yeah. post fight remarks. And, um, you know, he has got a very awkward style. I mean, he can look worse than paint drying. I mean, they used to criticise Johnny Nelson for stinking the place mm -hmm. out, but that performance made Johnny Nelson look like Floyd Mayweather um, <laughs> but, or even Marvin Hagler. Um, but but the, the, the thing is, um, and Johnny's had a lot to say about Anthony Joshua retiring this week as well, which we'll come to that in a minute. But um, look, I, I think... He wasn't satisfied with it. He's had a lot going on behind the scenes in the divorce, if you like, with, with Eddie Hearn since his investiture into, into a pro boxing after the Rio Olympics, Eddie. And, you know, it's been a six years of growth for him. And this was just a backward step. Mm. Um, as I say, the key was styles make fights. And this didn't lend for a good fight. Um, David Light, again, people aren't giving him, him any credit at all. He was a very tough, durable guy. I think he came with a record of 20 wins, no losses and 12 stoppages. Yeah. Um, and, and he came genuinely to win the fight. Um, but Lawrence has got to look a lot better than this um, in his stylistic approach to things if he's going to catch an audience on Sky Sports. And, and that's the big issue here, that he moved over to a big audience and he didn't deliver in terms of eye-catching moments in the contest. Do you think this is just him, though, now? Like, we, we've said this about Lawrence. You can almost copy and paste that sentence, right, about his, his style and the hugging. I feel like we've said this about him for most of his career. There have been some good performances. I think Glowacki was a good performance. Um, Eves uh, Ngarbu, I think, for the European title was a good one as well. But the majority of his fights kind of do play out like this, don't they? I wonder if that's just his style now. Yeah, it's smash and grab. I've always mm. said that. He's he's a huge cruiserweight. Mm -hmm. Remember Johnny Nelson? You think about Lawrence next to Johnny Nelson. I think John, Johnny Nelson had 13 defences of his world title. He settled between um, heavyweight and cruiserweight eventually. Johnny tried cruiserweight. They're both similar guys from their era. He's a, he's a bigger man, Lawrence, than Johnny. Yeah. And, and, and Lawrence, in a way, is... is but very, very big cruiserweight mm. um, who's got a gangly style, smash and grab as he is. And 
you know, under Shane McGuigan, um, he just finessed his game a little bit. His jab was sweeter. He crouched more. Um, you know, his 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 strengths were were starting to be kind of finessed, if you like, um, curated by McGuigan. And then obviously the move away from McGuigan because he went to live in Dubai, the Dubai, the split up um, from Eddie Hearn. He's gone Sugar Hill Stewart, and that's much more again falls into his smash and grab style behind the jab, then the big right hand. We thought it would work. Maybe that was a blip on Saturday night, but maybe Lawrence is always going to be like this. But I just wonder whether that move, I think he can unify the cruiserweight division. Jai Apataya came out and one of the world champions in the division came out and said, I outbox him. And I'm not surprised he said that after Saturday night. But I think when you get in with Lawrence, it's different. It's different. You know, there's a lot of tying up. There's a lot of grappling, hugging, as you call it. But he's a very difficult guy to beat, I think. Um, And we may never see him under pressure as a cruiserweight because he's so difficult to get to. Yeah, you wonder if his best fights do come in the division above, or I say two divisions above now because of Bridgerweight, if you wonder if it becomes a heavyweight. Uh, Let's talk about heavyweights. Let's jump to AJ. Is AJ fight week? Takes on Jermaine Franklin this week, live from the O2, live on TalkSport as well. Uh, you were at an event yesterday, um, I believe. Um, what, what do you make of these events pre-fights? I kind of wonder if the fighters really want to be there. Uh, I was looking at photos of Jermaine Franklin, and he looked like he wanted to be anywhere else but an event five days before the biggest fight of his life. Well, look, I was there last night at the Art Hotel at the Battersea Power Station. It was a, it was a fantastic event, actually. Um, you know, it was four hours with a DJ and uh, I'd say Anthony Joshua or AJ was on fantastic form. The only person I've ever had to lean into to hear what they're saying uh, in comparison to Jermaine Taylor's very, very quietly spoken man is Katie Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, you re- literally have to lean in to hear what he's saying. But he's very cool, calm and collected. Every time I've interviewed him, I've found him that way. I've, I think I've interviewed him four times now if I include the times when he came out the time when he came over to fight Dillian White he's really up for it yeah he's preying on the specter of um of Andy Ruiz even though he says he's a different type of style he thinks mm-hmm. AJ may struggle with the shorter smaller guys he's 6'2 though he's not a small guy no. but he's certainly 22 pounds lighter than he was when he fought Dillian White I spoke to his uh, fitness coach uh, Lorenzo yesterday and his trainer Jesse they're really up for this. And mm-hmm. Jermaine looked just cool about it all, as was AJ, by the way, very cool himself yesterday. They didn't look like they didn't want to be there, to use a double negative. Um, or I can just say they looked happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. um, it, w- it was a short red carpet, very narrow on the other side. I did the sneaky thing for Talk Sport and got on the other side of the red carpet so I could get my interviews properly, As you do. As one, do- as one does. And, one does um, yeah. and And... and Oh, it was a good night. It was, um, it was interesting, and I think there's a feeling that the pressure's off AJ, but whether it really is off him, I don't know. Yeah, uh, look, we're going to hear from AJ, the former unified heavyweight champion, a bit later. A lot of people have been talking about his size. You were, you'd saw him up close and personal. Does he look physically a lot bigger? Some people have said he looks as big as he did against Carlos Takam. Is he that big? I mean, he looks massive in compared to Franklin. Um, mm. You know, I mean, there's apparently only four inches in height difference but but Jermaine is more of a crouched character and he's got his he has his hat on and he's got his kind of his fatigues on you know he always looks ready for action 
He's a very likable man, by the way. As is AJ, when he's in this mood and he's giving time, uh, well, you know, when you think about it, you know, AJ in this camp has done, I think he's done three media calls. That's it. He That's did, it. He, he did a, uh, the press conference in, in West London. He did a Zoom call last week and he did this. Well, actually, it's two because he mm. did. Uh, this is the start of fight week. Fight week proper, I suppose, begins Wednesday with the press conference. But you can count this. Five, one, two, three, four, five assignments in the whole build-up. But as Fraser Clark said to me, rightly so, um, he's done the right thing going to Dallas. I've done a big piece in the Telegraph today. They put AJ chopping wood on the front page of sports, and there's a big double-page spread on which I've spoken to, in which I've spoken to loads of people about what how AJ has created a different new dawn, as they're calling it, the changes. I've spoken to Freddie Cunningham and Andy Bell. I've spoken to Eddie Hearn and Fraser Clark, to Derek James. Um, who else have I spoken to? Um, basically everyone around him for this fight. Joe Markowski about the DAZN deal. Um, and as Fraser Clark said, he's done exactly the right thing. No Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram. As Marvin Hagler used to say, go into prison when you go into camp. And that's what he's done for this. He looks big. He said he's gone through torture with Derek James. Derek was telling me last night, I had a great chat with him, Eddie. Um, and he said that there are times when he's had Anthony Joshua doing 15 minutes non-stop, boxing and on the pads, 15 minutes non-stop. And then all these sparring sessions. And AJ says he absolutely loved it. He looks big. He looks like a bruiser. Hopefully he'll be brutal come Saturday night. Yeah, fingers crossed he is. Um, must win fight for Anthony Joshua. We are going to talk about the collapse as well, the undisputed heavyweight title fight. Remember, it's not happening anymore. Unfortunately, people, Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk is off. What happened there? And we'll talk about a potential fight between Conor Ben and Chrissy Bain Jr., which looks set to take place in Abu Dhabi uh, this summer. Next, though, we are going to get stuck into the return of AJ. He does take on Jermaine Franklin this Saturday, and it is live on TalkSport. And still the unified heavyweight champion of the world, Alexander Joshua for some reason had the belts in his hand and he threw those belts outside of the ring. I've never seen anything like that. Anthony Joshua's walking back to the ring. I'm not a 12 round fighter. Look at me. When you try and do things from your heart, not everyone's always going to understand. Oh yeah, you don't throw combinations like Rocky Marciano. Because I am 14 stone, that's why. I'm upset. Oh. Going to be a tough defeat to take, but he'll be back. Joshua going to the body, looking to work the upper It'll be silly of me to underestimate this guy. He's not a Rolex. Lift off for AJ! Every watch still tells the time and every clock still ticks. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra with myself, Andy Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. A reminder, this Saturday, TalkSport brings you radio commentary of former world boxing champion Anthony Joshua's comeback fight against Jermaine Franklin. Let's look ahead to that fight with DAZN. Sport 2 Big Fight Build-Up with DAZN. Watch Joshua versus Franklin live on April the 1st only with DAZN. D-A-Z-N.com. The only place to watch Anthony Joshua. Let's hear from uh, the former Unified Heavyweight Champion, Anthony Joshua. He spoke with Gareth A. Davis and started by saying people expect him to KO Franklin easy. Not as easy as people think, though. There's a process. Like I don't think anyone's ever... Well, there's a few people 
But at a certain level, it's hard to go into the ring and knock someone out within like 10 seconds. So there's a process to kind of getting that knockout, which I've Because weirdly, yeah. the non-boxing aficionados, and you do cross over enormously into the mainstream, not the prism of just boxing, people think he's just there for you to someone to knock out, but he's no mug, is he? I think that's crazy, but I, I, I understand. There's high expectations, right? Yeah. People put their own expectations on other people, and people put me in high regard, so... That's where the pressure comes from, is me having to deliver, which I understand, and I'll do my best for sure. 12, last 12 fights have been world title fights. This isn't. Yeah. And it's not in a stadium. I think 10 of those have been in stadiums. Yeah. Or nine of them. Does that change anything, or does it not for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, this is kind of an indication of where you're at. This is like a fight, because it's like, let's strip it back to when we was getting towards the title you're moving in that direction again. So these are like fights where it's like, all right, I'm in contention, I'm a contender to get to the get to the championship. So I've got to fight like I'm leading towards that. Like the champions have got to look at me and say, yeah, he's a serious contender coming up. So that's how that feels now. Um, and in terms of performance, just go out there and do my best and do it better than anyone else. Anthony Joshua in good spirits there, it sounds. Gareth speaking to yourself yesterday at uh, the launch event, if you like for fight week on Saturday. Um, he, he seems in a good place, AJ. I mean, you've spoken about this before, like sometimes he can be a bit, I wouldn't say put off by the media, but it almost feels like he's done this sort of rodeo, if you like, a hundred times, knows what to say, knows the answers, almost on autopilot. I feel like that's not the same this time of AJ. He feels like he seems like, anyway, like he's in a different space. Yeah, I mean, let's let's not forget, he's one of the most, If you if you think about how brilliant British journalism is in general. Um, he's one of the most scrutinised athletes in the world, in my view, and he has been for the last 10 years. I mean, I think um, what you've got to look at is, you know, someone in his position who's won an Olympic super heavyweight gold in his own home city. Mm. I mean, the, the elevation... When you, when you speak to people like Freddie Cunningham and Andy Bell who are looking at his commercial interest, we often look, and, and boxing fans do, uh, and the boxing media look through the prism of a very narrow motorway, if you like, with with, with just two lanes or, or like a dual carriageway, two lanes rather than eight lanes, which is the mainstream. And in the mainstream, I think people are still fascinated by him as a character. And his commercial opportunities, they tell me, are still enormous. The requests for him are huge. So all he needs is the optics, I believe, of, of a very powerful victory. People won't be satisfied if he goes 12 rounds, um, you know, and, and wins convincingly in, on, in a wide points decision. They won't be satisfied either if he knocks Jermaine Franklin out in two rounds. He'll be damned if he does and he'll be you damned think, if he doesn't. You think? Because the latter. I, I think so, because Jermaine Franklin, there's always two ways of looking at boxing. If he knocks him out early, people say, yeah, but he's number 35 in the world. Yeah. If he goes 12 rounds and people say... Yeah, but, you know, look, he's lost the old destroyer. He does need that in a way, but there's a feeling around him and he's purported to to be like this at the moment that there's less pressure off. Remember, this is his first non-title fight for 12 fights. Yeah. He did 12 in a row. So, in a sense, he just needs to win. And then he's got, for me, the three big fights left. Tyson Fury... Deontay Wilder, Joe Joyce. He doesn't need to do anything more after that. It doesn't matter if he loses them all, apart from this one against Jermaine Franklin. 
Can I? Um, are you surprised by the ticket sales for this one? Has that come as a bit of a shock to you? Bear in mind, a couple of years ago, you could have said Anthony Joshua could fight me or you, and it would sell out Wembley. He felt like he had that kind of star power. Are you surprised that it hasn't sold out as yet? Well, listen, he, he, he would have sold out a lot quicker uh, for me than you because a lot of people would like to see him beat me <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> um, no, but, but yes, I get your point. Um, but the, the, and listen, I would pay to see him beat you up as well. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a dive. I'll yeah, take yeah, a me, dive. Me too. I'm not staying there long against him. That man is a giant. That yeah. is a fa- There's weight divisions for a reason. There is. Um, so. um, look, I think... Eddie's pulled me up on this because someone sent me about a month ago that ticket sales weren't going um, quickly, I believe. Eddie's mm. pulled me up on this, Eddie Hearn, his promoter, and said, no, no, we, we sold a lot of tickets early on and there's only a couple of hundred left now. Okay. Um, look, the veracity of this will be borne out on Saturday night. I think it'll be completely full. I've always said that as well. Come fight night, I thought it would always be full. Yeah, people. They didn't push this fight out in a big way either. It's kind of gone under the radar. They're not trying to do the big sell. I think they knew they could sell twenty thousand seats. Mm. Um, does it surprise me? No, because this is a this is a restoration fight. This is uh, a restoring of what he had before. They are calling it the new dawn, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and and in many ways, they I think they've done that to take the pressure off him. They're not going to sell. Um, 40,000 seats for him fighting Jermaine Franklin. Um, his resonance has changed with that fight public that, that go to his fights. And also, if you recall, a lot of people that go to the stadium fights, and I think it's a bit like this for Tyson Fury now, go for the occasion to be there, to say, I was there when. Um, and like, I just wonder if it's a reflection on what you said earlier about that maybe we haven't heard from AJ in the last four or five months. I think you mentioned there's only been three or four media sort of opportunities. So if there's only been three or four media opportunities, I guess fans aren't hearing from either. And I just wonder if that's a reflection on that as to why maybe the tickets haven't sold because it, it, it does feel like it's less AJ in the last sort of seven or eight months than it ever have been. Yeah, that, that, that is definitely the case. And they haven't sold it hard. But, um, but look what they've also done. This is the first bona fide event for him in the UK on DAZN. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, true. They yeah. created the Sky Channel opportunity, Channel 429 on the Sky platform. That's definitely built around AJ. He's still so marketable in those terms. I mean, Joe Markowski said to me this week that that is part of their strategy. Um, you know, in this article that's out today. It's very interesting when you hear people around him talk about him. They're not, they're not, talking fluff they're talking about what a big commercial entity he still is i don't think we've got him for much longer i'd say no. a year and a half at the most yeah what is he know? 33 now i'd say four yeah, fights but, max. but also his his desire is one more push i mean i do really hope that they can get the fury fight the tyson fury fight over the line and as eddie hearn was telling me last night you know that is a realistic possibility, but don't hold your breath. But they would like to have the Tyson Fury fight in the summer. Yeah. Um, all right, let's hear from his opponent Saturday night, Jermaine Franklin. Uh, Gav caught up with him as well. It's a little easier to get under the big guys. It's just you have to watch for certain punches. But um, I've noticed he does this little collar typing. 
And, you know, he holds behind the head and throws the uppercut. As long as the ref uh, does his job and protects me on that, we're, we're okay. It's, it's an easy job to get in there. Jermaine Franklin, as Gareth said, softly spoken about um, looks like he's coming to do damage. A, a lot lighter than he was against Dillian White. Obviously, the comparisons have been made mainly physically because of his similar appearance to Andy Ruiz. But I guess, you know, there is a sort of proof in the pudding. AJ does struggle with smaller guys. You think of Carlos Takam, that could have gone all the way until the ref jumped in. Andy Ruiz defeat as well. So, so maybe there is something in that, you know, where the, the bigger guy has to almost chop down or maybe make himself smaller to fight the smaller guy. Maybe they're seeing something in that and that's what Jermaine Franklin's team are looking at. Yeah, I mean, as he points out himself there, that he's got a completely different style. He's much more of a boxer. He believes that he's 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 got the hand speed and the abilities to get inside with AJ, which he's got to do anyway. Um, they, they know that AJ's going to explode on him. They know what Derek James does as a coach. He's going to be encouraging, as you mentioned earlier, the size of AJ. His arms look big. Yeah. Um, he always looks big anyway. I mean, he's a huge <laughs> he does. Man. He does. Um, yeah. And, 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 He's going to exchange with him, and and he believes, as he says, I'm going to put him on his ass, um, <laughs> and and that's and that's what he's got to try and do: expose AJ's weaknesses that are shown in the past. Angie Ruiz put him down. Klitschko put him down. Um, Usyk didn't put him down. Remember, you know, mm. um, and Usyk's a decent puncher. Yeah, um, yeah. But but what I like about Franklin is he's really got into shape. I say Lorenzo and Jesse, his his conditioning coach. And, and his and his trainer have absolute confidence in him. Look what happened. He came over here. I was live that night. Uh, I was at the arena live um, to watch him fight Dillian White. And he shocked all of us. We thought mm. White was going to blow him away. White was off colour that night, really, in my view. It wasn't his best performance. He only came strong late in the fight. You could have scored it 7-5 for Jermaine Franklin. I yeah. saw it was a very close affair that, that White just pipped. Um... But he proved something. He came off a loss, his stock rose, and he's here again. This is a massive opportunity for him. No wonder he's taking it so seriously. And as we know, if he can get in and under AJ, he could give him some terror moments. That's why Eddie Hearn says he's nervous about this contest. Yeah, I spoke to um, Jermaine Franklin's team yesterday night, and they were saying, looking at the size of AJ, AJ's obviously come to try and knock him out. And they said, what happens if AJ gets past five or six with that much extra size and hasn't knocked him out? That's when they think potentially they could take over the fight. All right, let's hear from Eddie Hearn now, um, matchroom promoter. Uh, this is what he had to say regarding AJ's fight. He thinks it's the biggest fight of AJ's career. All the pressure on AJ to not just win, but win in style. And you've got Jermaine Franklin next to me, all of a sudden lost 22 pounds, comes in with a six pack and thinks, if I beat AJ, I'm going to change my life forever, as Andy Ruiz did, as all these guys that try and beat him do. You know, I guess there are some doubts over AJ after the uh, Usyk fight and, and the reaction, particularly in the ring after and at the press conference. But he's motivated and he's made a lot of sacrifices for this camp and I hope he gives the performance he deserves. Is it, Gareth? They always said, I don't know, the next fight's always the biggest. Is, is it the biggest? Is this bigger than Andy Ruiz 2? when everything was on the line, if he lost again to Andy Ruiz, how big is this one? Is this the biggest fight? I, I guess it's win or bust, isn't it? If he loses, that's probably it. So I guess by saying that, it probably is the biggest. I, I think every fight he has is big. Make mm -hmm. no question about it. Because as I say, the scrutiny of what he does is, is enormous. 
whenever he fights, he commands the the attention of every media outlet or every news outlet, um, of every radio broadcast outlet, all the mainstream yep. follow him. And as I say, that's the trampoline effect of being an Olympic super heavyweight champion. Go mm. back in time and these guys at that weight have always gone on to be big stars from your from your Vladimir Klitschko's to your Muhammad Ali's uh, to you to your to the all the guys through the past, you know, and in other weights as well, from your Sugar Ray Leonard's, your Oscar De La Hoya's, you know, they've they've been stars of the sport. And I think um there there is a certain amount riding on this. Um, because if he doesn't beat Jermaine Franklin, he probably won't have the appetite. It won't yeah. be the end of the yeah. world, but he won't have the appetite to That's come it. back again. Yeah. He, he, he might, look, he's, he, as he said yesterday, F everyone when I retire. I'm just going to go and enjoy myself and enjoy my money. Let's enjoy him while we can. Let's hope. I'm not, I don't wish anything bad on Jermaine Franklin, but you know, let's hope Anthony Joshua does a demolition job on Saturday night. He calls out Tyson Fury. Fury responds, and they start these talks again. I know everyone's sighing hearing that, but um, you know these guys have been on, off, on, off a couple of times. But it would be a brilliant thing to, weirdly, in boxing, a door closes. I know we're going to talk about Fury. You see, a door closes, and then another door opens. If we get um, Fury against Anthony Joshua at Wembley Stadium late this summer, I think it'll be the biggest event we will have in boxing in our lifetime. Don't tease me again. My heart <laughs> can't take it. All right, that was a look ahead to Joshua versus Franklin in partnership with DAZN. Uh, stream the fight live on April 1st exclusively with DAZN. TalkSport 2, big fight build-up with DAZN. Watch Anthony Joshua live on April 1st exclusively with DAZN. Sign up now at DAZN.com. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to hear from Eddie Hearn about a potential fight between Chris Eubank Jr. and Conor Ben. But next up, though, Gareth just spoke about it there. We are going to talk about Fury Usyk. What now for both men after their undisputed heavyweight title fight collapsed last week? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Usak, you little house. You proper little bag. Bog eye, gappy teeth, ugly little rat, you little slimy. Tried all week to get out of it, begging for a rematch like a little girl. You got your rematch and didn't even want to fight at that. If I start uh, telling you the list of things he wanted, one, ten, five, no, fifteen minutes would not be enough. Well, what happens? They withdrew from the fight. Kusik's manager sent uh, an email overnight saying they was withdrawing from the fight uh, that they that he had enough. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra. Myself, Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. All right, let's talk uh, Fury Usyk. Now, after a week of public exchanges, a potential undisputed fight between the pair collapsed. It ain't happening. Let's hear first, though, from Frank Warren, who spoke with Gareth and Adam on Saturday about why the fight just isn't going ahead. Well, what happens? They withdrew from the fight. They, We had a few problems last week. And the way forward, I felt, was to get everybody on the phone together with their lawyers, respective lawyers, and deal with the points that they raised on their on the contract. So we did that call last Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Four lawyers on the phone representing everybody, plus the all the parties. And um, we dealt with all of them except for one, and that was the rematch. And that was... Uh, and what had happened is that Tyson said he wasn't interested in a rematch. And he, uh, after I spoke with him, he said, look, we'll do the rematch, which is, and I then told him that. So that was everything agreed, except for the split of the rematch. So we agreed everything. Then the next day we were going to, um, or the guys were going to talk to sort out the terms and, you know, it's a negotiation to see where we were with that. Anyway, cut a long story short, that just fell apart. And he gets his... Um, his uh, manager, uh, Usyk's manager, sent uh, an email overnight, and I think I showed it to you, Gareth, didn't I, mm-hmm, on Thursday? Basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying they was withdrawing from the fight uh, that they, they that he'd had enough. Frank Warren there um, speaking about why the fight has collapsed. Look, ultimately, you're going to have Frank Warren sticking up for his guy. You're going to have um, Usyk's camp sticking up for their guy. Fans lose out. Uh, we could, they can all sort of go back and forth as to why the fight isn't happening. It's the fans that lose out on an undisputed heavyweight title fight between the clear number one and number two in the division, uh, two unbeaten superstars, and boxing misses out again. It would have sold out Wembley in seconds, 90,000 in the UK. So disappointing. And look, I'm not going to say Frank's not telling the truth because I don't want to have a letter through my door, but it's just disappointing. Let me add something there to you said as well. In their prime as well yeah Yeah. that's key undefeated in their prime that's what's disappointing eddie it is wrong um you can point the door you can point the finger at either man's door here Mm -hmm. um usick and and fury are both to blame in this in my view um usick didn't get the deal he wanted and he decided to walk away and it did come down to the rematch and him accepting 70-30, I kind of worked out that, may, I think these, these are guesstimates, but after his taxes were paid and paying his, his team, his management, his promoter, he probably walks away with 10 million from the Wembley fight. 
Fury probably closer to 25 if that had gone ahead. Right. Um, and, and if you recall, Alexander Krasiuk put out when the after the fight collapsed that uh, Usyk will have earned three times that. He earned three times that for the second fight with, with Anthony Joshua yeah. um, in Saudi Arabia last August. The, the key is Saudi Arabian money has changed something. The expectations are higher. But both men, in my view, have walked away uh, from a, a fight that they will regret not taking, both of them in the long run, whatever they say publicly, because we deserve these undisputed title fights. Um, mm. Fans support the fighters. Um, it's a shame there isn't a world governing body that orders these fights, frankly. Yes. That when there's two men that hold all four of the belts, uh, if it's one holds two and the other holds two, or one holds one and the other holds three, that these sh should be ordered. Fury, in my view, should have taken the fight with Usyk, should have agreed a rematch clause. Uh, Usyk, he's walked away because he knows he can get other big fights. He may fight Daniel Dubois now, but he may fight Deontay Wilder as well, which is a very, very interesting prospect too. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I find it a massive shame. And look, uh, I look at Fury and a lot of people talk about Fury potentially being one of the best heavyweights of all time. And look, sort of... <laughs> The eye test tells you that he can compete against anyone. When you're that big, what, six foot nine and how big he is, yes, he can. But the body of work there for me can't be compared to the greats of the history of the sport. But there is a bunch of heavyweights circling right now that if he were to tick off, there's a good argument to put him in that top five, top ten. Your Usyk's, your AJ's, your Hergovic's, your Joe Joyce, your Frank Sanchez. And I just feel like we're not, he's, it's just not going to give us these fights. And it's so disappointing because he's so good. He's so much, he can beat all these guys. Like, I favor Fury to beat Usyk. It's a great fight, but I favor Fury. He can beat them all. I just feel like now it's all become about money for him. And it's disappointing because as you say, 25 million is not to be sniffed at. And he could have made that. Um, and this talk about the rematch clause, Fury seemed to be so confident he would have beaten Usyk. I wonder why he cares about what percentage the split is in a rematch. I don't, I don't understand it, Gareth. Yeah, there's a big power-broken game going on. There's a lot of strong-arming. They may well end up fighting in Saudi Arabia late in the year, but this ifs and buts now, depending on what happens in the interim in between that. Um, you know, if Wilder and... If if if, if Daniel... Do, if, if, let's say, if Usyk's really interested in Undisputed, he's got to face his mandatories. Yeah. If he is genuinely interested in money... Um, because it, he is closing in on the end of his career. I, was he 35? Suspect. What is he? 35? 35, 36. I think yeah. 35, 36. Um, he's, you know, he's had a long, long career. I mean, he's an amazing boxer. Like you said, him and Fury was no foregone conclusion. I favoured Fury to win the fight, maybe late or yeah. even on points in a, in, a, in, a, in a fantastic spectacle. An intriguing matchup, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think he may change course now. If, if, if he if he fights Wilder in the Middle East, that's big money. If he fights Daniel Dubois in the UK, it's not very big money. I mm. suspect it's an O2 Arena fight, probably that. Yeah. Um, if he if he continues to fight as mandatories, he and Fury could meet down the line. Um, it, it's it's very very unsatisfactory, but it, it does come down. I think boxing's always been like this. It comes down to the money and and money and egos, and the egos get buried when the money's enough. And that's what yeah. happens in boxing. It, 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 is, it is wild and lawless at times. And you get the wild running it at times. And there's no doubt Fury's irrational. And there's no doubt that 
that at the moment the court of public opinion is strongly against him. Um, but I think, you know, having spoken to Alexander Krasyuk and Frank Warren through the whole period of this negotiation and several others, they weren't very happy with the contract all the way along the, the USIC team. That's what I was being told behind the scenes. Let's hear from Frank Warren again. This is what he had to say about when asked about what next for both men. And obviously, look, what next potentially for Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce and where they fit in this argument as well. You have Daniel Dubois, Tyson Fury and Joe Joyce under your promotional banner. Will yep. we see these fights? Can, can you give in the next two, three years? Just tell me if you think we will. Usyk versus Dubois. Yep. It got to be. It's, it's been ordered. It'll Fu be ordered on the first of, of April. April by the WBA. I hope so. Yeah. Um, Fury versus Joshua. I don't know. That's up to Tyson. I mean, I, I have no, I have no problem with it. Um, that's up to Tyson. Obviously, and see what happens to Joshua next week. Fury versus Joyce. I think that will happen. T Tyson has said that he would like that fight last year. So that's another one for him to consider this year. Listen, Tyson's been... Nobody, and I've got to tell you, nobody more than Tyson was disappointed. He has been in training. And if anybody cares to look online, have a look at the man. The man is fitter... Well, he's fitter than most fighters are on fight night. Joyce versus Joshua. I'd love to see that. You've got to ask the other side. Joyce versus Wilder. I think we can make that. I spoke with Shelley Finkel this evening. We were talking about various things. Joyce versus Usyk. I'd love that fight in a heartbeat. And again, and again, that will be ordered by the WBO, um, providing he beats Zhang. That'll be ordered when the WBO's turn comes up for uh, the mandatory defence. Uh, Frank Warren, Gareth, holds all the cards, really. I mean, look, look, when you think of the heavyweight stable in this country, I mean, he's got guys that can fight everyone. I mean, Joe Joyce has been spoken about for a potential Fury fight. You mentioned Daniel Dubois there as a mandatory for Usyk. And I guess, what next for Tyson Fury himself? I mean, we're hearing about retirement talk once again. Uh, but look, Frank Warren's got all the power right now. He just needs to put his fighters in the right positions to create big fights. Um, yes. I mean, look, we, we talked about it earlier on in the show. I mean... It's weirdly one door closes and seven other seven other doors open, and maybe Usyk and Fury falling through um, does open the prospect of Anthony Joshua and uh, and Tyson Fury fighting this summer. It's the biggest fight, it's the richest fight of all of them um, financially. I think it would break pay per view records by an enormous amount in this country. It may double the record in pay-per-view buys in this country. What it's split do you think Fury would offer AJ? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah. Honestly, no belts. Um, it, it would say things like, you, you were just about sold out the O2 arena. What split do you, like realistically, what's he going to offer him, 70-30? No, I think he's got to, or, um, I think he's got to give him 60-40 yeah. at least because um, he isn't, he isn't the, the A-side draw in this. I think they're equal in terms of draw. Agreed. Um, with the British public. Um, I'd love to see them just do a 50-50 because it's an mm. enormous fight with a huge amount of money to be earned. Um, it, it it fills out Wembley Stadium in a moment. Yeah. Especially um, if AJ looks fantastic on Saturday. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. maybe it does over 2 million buys, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 
Them two I, together. Yeah. Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren. It yes. might be two and a half million buys. It would be all the broadcasters. Obviously, it would be DAZN and DAZN on their Sky platform. It, it would have to be quite, uh, BT Sport, I imagine, as well. Uh, a dual broadcast, all those kind of things. Um, weirdly, in boxing, it, it, it seems like the worst news ever sometimes. And then a couple of weeks or a couple of months later, you get an enormous fight again. Um, you know, but we, I just... I just don't want to be teased again that it will happen this summer after Saturday night uh, and they come out and they say they want it and then we just get this negotiation. I mean, to be honest, I think we would have had this fight by now or this if it hadn't been for the Wilder, Deontay Wilder clause yeah, and the arbitration yeah. in the United States. We have yeah. to remember that. Even though people are, are blaming Tyson Fury for always pulling out, I, I mean... It's easy to make a case with this Usyk events that that was it Tyson Fury who agreed who disagreed uh, to come to final terms over what Usyk wanted as well. I think last December, I don't know if there genuinely was a real appetite from AJ to fight Fury in December. I don't think they gave him enough time. Frankly, in in that, if I'm honest about, it. that's what I think they didn't you don't give AJ think enough team, time. Team Team Fury gave AJ enough time. They didn't. No, yeah, I don't think yeah. they did. And yeah. also, remember, he didn't have a trainer at the time either, mm -hmm. really. So um, we just can't be teased again. We, we need to have this fight. They're going to do it this time. Let's have it. Let's make it a blockbuster summer. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, if, if I'm AJ, look, I, I'm lucky. I think I'll be lucky enough to do the in-ring interview of AJ as well. And if I'm AJ, that's the first question I'm going to ask him. Do you want Fury next? And I want the crowd to go crazy. And I want him to call out Tyson Fury. And let's make that fight for the summer. No Dillian White. No Hergovic. Let's go straight there. Let's go straight in. Derek James, I think, would want it as well. I don't think they'll say enough. Let's just take it. And I think it's a fight that, as you say, it's Wembley. It's um, two and a half million. But as you also said, I don't think I, my heart can take another tease from those two. So, um I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Stream Joshua versus Franklin live April 1st on DAZN. Sign up now at DAZN.com. Coming next, we are going to hear once again from Eddie Hearn, who has confirmed negotiations are underway for Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. to fight in the summer. I will look at fights for Conor Ben and I will make a decision on where that fight will take place. I will also actively speak to Connor and the British Boxing Board of Control about going through the process to ensure that he gets A, a fair hearing, and two, he tries to be able to box in this country. The Ben matter is something that we have been approached on for the summer, you know, still at very, very early stages. And, you know, we're obviously looking at the whole situation, what's going on there exactly ourselves. But we have to focus just on Chris Eubank Jr. I want to make the Chris Eubank Jr. fight. These guys have been going at it to each over the last couple of weeks. For me as a promoter, I know I know the build-up will be sensitive. Smith, though, no, he's, not, he's not signed to fight Smith, no, no. And the money's two or three times what he'd get to fight Liam Smith. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, let's get straight to this one, Gareth. Um, it looks like after rumours about Manny Pacquiao versus Conor Ben and maybe Adrian Broner and maybe Kel Brook, it looks like we're going to revisit uh, Conor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. Obviously, look, fell away back in October. This time, they're talking about the fight going to the Middle East 
and happening in June or July at 160 pounds, no catch weight. So Conor Ben will move up to middleweight to face Eubank Jr. Your first thoughts before we hear from Eddie Hearn, what's your first thoughts on this? Well, Conor Ben hasn't cleared his name um, and uh, he had clomiphene, a banned substance in his body um, on two occasions when he was tested last year. Mm. Um, I don't think he's cleared his name. Um, he's, he's received an exoneration of sorts with the boxing uh, with uh, the WBC. Yep. Um, he hasn't cleared his name with the Boxing Board of Control in the UK who licensed him here for that fight. I think they've bypassed the testing process and I will say it as I do every time. Um, we love our combat sports, but they are inherently dangerous. Mm. There is drug testing for a reason and the veracity of the drug testing system, if he wants to challenge it, should be because uh, he's challenging VADA's testing, not um, accepting that his nutritional diet of a surfeit of eggs caused the clomiphene, which the WBC have suggested it could have been from. Um, it's it, it doesn't seem morally right for me to go ahead with the fight as it is, or ethically right to go ahead with this fight right now in Abu Dhabi on June the 3rd. We believe, well, Eddie Hearn obviously says they're still negotiating. Um, I think they've just bypassed the whole system. They've thrown the, the drug testing system under the bus, um, whether he's innocent or not. And he obviously proclaims uh, his innocence. But um, th they're riding roughshod over, over the testing system. And, and I don't think it's good for the sport. It will be a massive fight. It'll be hugely controversial. We will all be there, of course, yeah. working on it. But it'll mm -hmm. be pilloried during the event. But there will be even more people watching it. Yeah, no, it's a perfect way of saying this. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I, I do think that his name needs to be cleared. I, I do think there's almost this, this just jumping over hurdles. Um, you need to go to the British Boxing Board of Control. That needs to be sorted. And then I think we'll all put our hands up and say, okay, let's do this. I, I think right now, it just feels very weird that we're announcing fights, but yet there still is this really big, dark grey cloud over the head of Conor Ben and WBC and Eddie Hearn and it almost seems like they just want to move on from it and it's just it feels strange and look as you say look we'll all be there I'll probably be working on the event as well um and I'll do my best to work on the event but it, it almost feels like why is this going on when there is this still this cloud over all the whole situation very strange yeah I mean there's a cloud over over that and there's an even bigger higher cloud over boxing for doing it you know yeah. where yeah. where the optics on it from um, from a mainstream perspective lends itself to deep criticism of Eddie Hearn and Conor Ben, but also boxing, and maybe even stretching to Chris Eubank Jr. for agreeing to mm. do it as well. Um, someone in this group needs to take a stance. And, and or, um, again, I go back to If there was a world governing body for the sport, they would have said, no, you do not fight. We do not license you. There's a there's a, a unilateral agreement between all the sanctioning bodies in the world, not the sanctioning bodies, the licensing authorities, the commissions, the, the boards of control in the world, where if someone has tested positive, there's strict liability around it, and you at least have to do your case. It's not going to be satisfactory if Conor Ben fights abroad for two years, then does his hearing with the Boxing Board of Control and gets a retrospective ban of two years. I mean, never may, may never fight in the UK under 
the auspices of the British boxing water control. No, but no, but what you're saying is fantastic. Here, you're right. He, he will get a backdated ban for two years, having fought. And by the time he's had a couple years, of fights yeah. abroad, he just comes back and fights in the UK. Yeah, I know. I, it, it beggars belief, really. I mean, it, you know, it, it doesn't hold up to scrutiny. Uh, it, it, it just mm. doesn't. It, it, it's just wrong. It's just, like, um, I mean, Derek Chisora put it to, to, I think Derek Chisora was talking about this last night at the red carpet, on the red carpet, and saying, I never cheated. I don't believe people should be allowed to cheat. I mean, I'm not suggesting. Ben has had it in his system. He proclaims his innocence. I won't say that for him. Um he proclaims his innocence. He wants to prove his innocence. Prove it. Go prove it in a hearing with the Boxing Board of Control under strict liability. The reason why they're not is because he doesn't want to lose two years of his career because they probably will ban him if they don't accept the reasons that are being put forward. There's a lot of legalese behind it all. There's court cases. He wants to take the Boxing Board of Control uh, to court for, 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 for loss of earnings. It... It's a horribly complex situation. I think they've jumped over the hurdles. And, and I don't think they've jumped over the hurdles. I think they're going under them, you know, or maybe even just smashing through the hurdles, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the, the correct phrase. I think that is smashing through them uh, and showing their, their, their might and, and power. Let's hear from Eddie Hearn. Again, we've spoken about it being Chris Eubank Jr. Eddie Hearn has confirmed that. This is what Eddie Hearn had to say about the possible matchup. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting asked tonight about the Chris Eubank Jr. fight. Someone said it's imminent. It's not imminent. There are negotiations going on about June 3rd, Abu Dhabi, Eubank against Ben. Um, it's become very uh, nasty between those two, and that makes a fight much more difficult to make. Um, of course, Manny Pacquiao wants that fight. Kel Brooks coming to see me tomorrow about his career. And um, for me, I would like to make the Eubank fight, and there is a chance it could land in Abu Dhabi on June 3rd. Um, of all the options available um obviously look chris eubank jr's name mentioned manny pacquiao adrian broner kelbrook all very strange options for me but those were the the main four is chris eubank jr the best option for conor ben it's the biggest fight it's the fight they never got to promote and it's the it's the fight that they know will do huge numbers um we're not interested in fighting a washed up legend in Manny Pacquiao. We're not interested in watching him beating up an aged fighter in Kel Brook who retired a year ago. We're interested in him. I, I, I'm speaking promoter speak here. We're interested in him going back in against Chris Eubank Jr., who, for all the wrong reasons this fight's being made ethically, but for all the right reasons promotionally, they will make this fight. I think they will. It's not absolutely confirmed, but and they're not going to confirm it in in an Anthony Joshua fight week because it's there's too much going on, but when mm. they announce it next week, the um, the pup will hit the fans so hard, um, it's going to make it, it's going to splash everywhere, and and you know it, it it the truth is, it shouldn't really be being made this fight, and 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 you know it's like wars shouldn't happen, um, but you have to go and report them, you know people say why are you guys covering this fight then you know um the world isn't going to boycott this fight the world's going to rub a neck at it and uh this is promotion at 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 a different level i've never i've never really experienced this in my time in boxing a situation like this um it's going to be heavy it's going to be controversial and it's going to be very very big 
Yeah, it will be all those things. Gareth, as always, my man, appreciate it. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Remember, you can stream Joshua versus Franklin live April 1st on DAZN. Sign up now at DAZN.com. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson. And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.